can be glad in it on this last Sunday of May. And we are still our theme. We're talking about the names of God. We're going to celebrate Almighty God we serve. Amen. And we want to thank you for joining us here in person. Though, if you join us there out live on the stream, we want to encourage you to worship our awesome God together a little something like this. We want to tell you. Go ahead and turn around and welcome somebody.
opportunity to worship in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to see y'all this morning on this nice, beautiful day the Lord has made. Amen. The scripture reading this morning will come from Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to do verses 1 through 7. Isaiah Chapter 9. If you're able to stand out of God's word, you may do so. Isaiah chapter 9. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. We give everyone an opportunity to find that. Still see some pages turning. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And it reads, Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. 
you will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood-stained by war will all be burned. They will be fueled for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you. Lord, we've gathered together in this place of worship one more time, Lord, to, to give you praise, glory, and honor, Heavenly Father. Father, throughout the week, some of us may have been up, some of us may have been down, Heavenly Father. We have been struggling, Heavenly Father. Through it all, you kept us. You sustained us, Heavenly Father, and allowed us to come to the house of worship one more time, Lord. And we come thanking you, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, first of all, for who you are, Lord. For you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one which was and is to, is to come, the everlasting God, and there is no other Savior, Lord, but you. Lord, please touch in the church right now, Lord. Bless from the front to the back and side to side. Touch our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and our spirits right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your only begotten Son, Heavenly Father, who paid the ultimate price on Calvary for all mankind. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, right now, help us, Lord, to forget about ourselves and concentrate on you and focus on you, Heavenly Father, and worship you, Lord. Lord, we invite you into our midst right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen. Oh, 
probably just thank you for who you are, for you are good, and your love endures forever. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Father, we've come to hear a word from you, God. Father, now we ask, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. May we have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. And the Father, we pray that we might see Jesus and that we'll follow after him and be encouraged and inspired by your word. Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. May the words of our mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable for that in thy sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we look into our text today, we'll be in the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, uh, looking at this ninth chapter. As we look at this ninth chapter, we've been studying, looking at the names of God. And we're going to close out uh, this moment dealing with the name of God, talking about mighty God. Amen. Can you tell your neighbor we serve a mighty God? Go and tell your other neighbor, tell them we serve a mighty God. Serving a mighty God gives us hope. Serving a mighty God helps us to look towards the future, knowing that whatever we might be going through, we serve a God that has the power and the ability to change it. Isn't that good news? We get frustrated when we're unable to make changes and move forward in progress. But we serve a God that can plan ahead enough and prepare us enough to let us know that your future can be brighter than what you're dealing with right now. This is where we are in Isaiah, that he is talking to them about the calamity that they're in, and they're in this because of their own sin. They're in this because they have strayed away. They're in this because they have allowed idols to come into the place, and therefore God has allowed them to be chastised and punished because that's what he told them what would happen. One thing about our God we should always remember that he is full of mercy. And since God is full of mercy, he won't always let us get what we deserve. Aren't you, good? Aren't you glad about that? That he can withhold. And so now he's letting them know that though you're dealing with this darkness and you're dealing with this pain, I want you to know that it won't last at all times. If you look in your Bible, you see how uh, the ninth chapter, and, and, and some of your texts you may see it showing how the prophetic part, verses 2 through 7, is sort of like in prose, right? Because the prophetic part is sort of like in poetry, like a different genre being expressed there. But also I want to highlight here that in the Hebrew Bible, verse 1 is verse 23 of the 8th chapter. Because you see the content shifts from going dark to light. Y'all see that there? And so let me read to you Isaiah 9 chapter. Uh, verses 1 through 7, reading from uh, the New Living Translation, the Word of God reads, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humble, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. 
and like the warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with the fairness of justice from the throne of his ancestor David. For all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Praise God for his word. As I was prepared to think about how to open up this text, and many of you might have seen in the news, you know, Tina Turner passed away. And in her passing away, the song came to my mind about we don't need another hero. And think about here that this text is pointing out that a champion is coming, not a hero. Y'all catch that? See, we don't need another hero. We don't need somebody to let us down as we had in the past. But we need a champion, one that will fight on our cause, fight on our behalf, fight and speak for us and to defend for our glory, not for themselves. Sometimes a hero does it for themselves, but we don't need another hero. A champion is one that will fight for us, fight for what is right and fight for what is just. Doesn't that sound like God? For he is right and he is just. We call people champions of causes when they are supporting and defending, defending and advocating for a cause which is public, which means I don't do it privately. I want everybody to know I am a supporter of this cause. That's why we celebrate those champions that put them, their, li- their lives on the line. As we look at some people that have received death threats and, and have, who have been assassinated because they were a champion for a cause. In the Bible, we learn of the word martyr, which means a witness, but yet we call them a martyr when they die for the cause. Am I talking to somebody here? And so when we look up how we want to a champion, we're looking for a champion, may we shift our attitude and our mind from what is negative and look to what is positive. One thing about when we're dealing in time of despair, we're looking for a champion, we may not think a, a, a champion is going to come. We might not think we might have a chance of winning. You might be falling along the NBA playoffs right now. You might have noticed that a team was up 3 nothing, But now it's tied 3-3. What happened was somebody looked at the score and said, somebody got to step up. <laughs> and they realized that we don't need a hero. We just need a team to work together. And all of a sudden it went from being a sweep to going to a game seven. A lot of people have bets already down. Like, this is a wrap. It is over. But I'm going to encourage somebody, when you don't give up, it encourages everybody else not to give up. You might be seeing somebody with their head bowed down, and they may have a good reason for their head bowed down, but you can let them know it doesn't have to stay down. Y'all catch that? It can be down. You can let them be sad. You can let them be depressed. You can let them be upset because that's an emotion that they feel. But let them know you don't have to stay there. Let me encourage somebody. Has anybody stayed the same place? And you be and you and when you stayed there a little bit too long, you got bored. 
you got dissatisfied and then something kind of got you that you started disrupting some stuff, realize I got to get a change. And that's when you realize I got to do something to get out of this place. But here it is. The Bible is letting them know that I've seen where you've been. A place of despair, a place of irritability, a place of depression. And I want you to change from thinking about these negative thoughts, these negative emotions, and think about your victory. Think about your hope. Think about there's better things ahead. Can, I, can you tell your neighbor, look to God. See, the Lord made us for his glory. And it's given us meaning in our life. We find our full purpose when we're doing the work of the Lord. Knowing that he is our champion, may we pardon him in this cause of what is right and what is good and to love justice and to be kind one to another. When we are focusing on the fruit of the spirit, think about how your body feels compared to when you're thinking about how you can't stand somebody. Think about how you can't wait to, for this to be over. Now, all those negative thoughts get you frustrated, get you stressed. Your heart rate increases and your blood starts burning. Your body starts getting hot and you clench your fist. And all of a sudden, you don't like that feeling. But when you start thinking about Jesus, when that put a smile on your face, when you think about all the good things he's done for you, won't that make you feel just a little bit better? And you notice how when you just change your attitude, mm, it makes you feel a little bit better. So stop looking at the negativity. Stop looking at the darkness. But look, rise. I have hope in a mighty God. I know I can't change this, but I know someone who can. And since I know someone who can, let me turn to the one that can do something about it. So I want to encourage you as we look at this text, that faith in the mighty God who gives hope to overcome the many harshes that come in our life. Just the anticipation of hope. Gets them excited. This anticipation is coming to them from God. If you go back early in the 8th chapter, God is telling the prophet to write this down, what I'm about to tell you. And now we're getting to the part of when there's hope. Look at verse 2 with me. You see that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. We understand that, right? That when you're in dark, you want to find the light? Because when you find the light, you find a way out. And long as you've seen light, you know there's a way out of this mess. There's a way out of getting out of this darkness that I might get into light. And we know how things live in light. You thrive in light. The body needs light. Have you noticed how your attitude changes once you get more sunlight? When you get that vitamin D and you get out of the light, you feel more alive. You just feel better. Some of, some of y'all have been like that, right? You go outside for your job for a break. You're like, why am I going back in? <laughs> it feels so good out here. I, I want to go out and, and spend some time. You just feel better outside. Well, catch this. The S-U-N makes you feel good. So does the S-O-N. So I want you to spend some time with the S-O-N to see how your life will be better. The light of the world is Jesus. He will point us to where we need to go. The light is our instruction. The light is our direction. The light is our comfort. The light is our promise. The light will point us to growth. And may we grow in this world. This, this prophetic message that we're looking at here in this text is also emphasized in the gospel according to Matthew. 
If you turn the gospel according to Matthew in the fourth chapter, looking at verses 12 through 17, it's giving that same kind of a celebration about a light shining into darkness. And notice the reason, right? In Galilee. Do y'all know a man from Galilee that makes the blind to see, the lame to walk, that raises the dead? A man from Galilee. His name is, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so it's pointing to the future that you might be in darkness now, but something good is coming ahead. Notice how the text gets them excited about what's going to good. Y'all, y'all, y'all look down with me in the text and look at verse 3. It says, the, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will what? Rejoice. They will rejoice before you. People rejoice at the harvest. Now, he's speaking at times there that they might understand, but here it is what you might grasp here. Um, uh, you might rejoice as if you won the lottery. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I said I know what y'all do. It's all right, it's all right. Don't, don't act like you didn't see it. Oh, it's a billion dollars. I'm, I'm going to try my way out, right? And you know you're going to rejoice. He said, y'all, I quit today. I'm not coming back to work. You will rejoice. But let me get back to something we better relate, right? You rejoice when your child will cross that aisle. My baby graduated. My baby made it. We're going to celebrate today. You rejoice at the birth of a child. So here it is. He's pointing out they are rejoicing at the harvest. They rejoice as they're dividing the splendor, the, the splendor or the spoil of war. They're rejoicing because they have victory. But he's pointing out you're not rejoicing now, but you weep. So now's the time to act like you already got. Can I have somebody here to, to understand that I, I'm down now, but yet I'm looking up. Because things are looking up. Things are going to get better because I serve a mighty God. When I'm serving a mighty God, I realize like verse 3, it says that he will enlarge the nation of Israel. I know there's sometimes that people going around talking about how God will increase my territory. I'm going to you understand this, that. God won't increase your, in, your territory necessarily. What is that God will expo, exp, expose to you what he's already given to you. And so when your eyes have been closed, you have not seen what he has given you. You have not seen how great his territory is. Let me help you out what I'm talking about. They're in their promised land now. But here it is that Abraham never went into the promised land. He got to look at it, but he never lived there. God says you won't live there, but your children will live there. Let me help you out another way about the promised land and seeing what God has for you. If you already have possession, though you may not have seen it, though you may have received it, Moses did not make it into the promised land. Moses made it to the mountaintop. He got to look at the promised land, but yet he didn't get in the promised land. What I want to highlight here, so Moses did not leave them there, but it was Joshua. And this is what God told Joshua. Joshua he says, Joshua, I will lead you, and every place your foot will step is yours. He did not enlarge Joshua's territory. He just expressed to him and exposed him what I already had for you. If I can get one more witness to understand, if I can just trust in him enough and walk with him enough that he will take me to what already is, Oftentimes we get frustrated because we don't have what we think we should have. But yet you're going to go in the wrong places. You're doing the wrong things. Are you walking in your purpose? Are you walking in what God has called you to do? 
Because when you're walking in purpose and walking what God has called you to do, you will realize that he will put you in places that can nobody stop you. Mm. He will increase our understanding and knowledge of what is going on, and that will lead to rejoicing. We rejoice in his presence. We feel better in his presence. The same kind of rejoicing of God, our Father, is the same kind of rejoicing you have when children come home safe and sound. You're like, all right, they made it back. Or someone, a loved one, is gone for a long time, and you go to meet them at the airport. You rejoice when you see them getting off the plane. You haven't hugged them yet. You haven't touched to them yet. But yet, when you see them off the plane, it seems like you feel all right. If y'all are like I am, we text one another as soon as we get down, right? I landed. I'm here. But right, the joy don't get in until you see eye to eye. And once I see, I say, yeah, we good to go now. And there's a joy of being in God's presence. And Lord, if I could just be with you. Can I dwell in your presence? To knowing that in your presence you remove my pain and my suffering. Notice how he says he's going to remove the yoke. He's going to remove the rod of oppression. God can change our sadness into gladness. Psalm 30 reads this way. Verse 11 to 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, that my soul may sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you for how long? Forever. Y'all could have guessed right. (laughs) Because when the process of knowing that God is good for how long? Forever. I'm going to give thanks to God forever because he's good forever. But he said, you turn my mourning into dance. He turned my sadness into gladness. What a mighty God we serve, that he can turn it around. Verse 4 and 5 of the ninth chapter says, you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. Think about what it means to be depressed. Think about the vocabulary words we use, right? To be down. Down in the dumps. To be feeling heavy and weighted down. A yoke, a burden will push you down and hold you down. But God can break the yoke. Oh, hallelujah. Meaning that if we were walking around and we're feeling down, we're feeling depressed, how can I feel better? Well, let me turn to God who can break the yoke. He can break the yoke and lift the bondage of slavery and lift the heavy burdens from my souls. Jesus made it very clear when he said in Matthew 11, chapter, come. To me, all you are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Y'all see that there? And let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Think about how we want rest, we want peace, and we don't get it when we're angry, we're irritable, we're unsettled because you're filling ourselves up with all that negative energy, then that we're not able. Now, here's the thing about sometimes we don't realize that when you are upset and you're angry, you stay there, you're telling your brain, I want to stay in this place. And then your brain is singing chemicals, signals to your body, saying, we're going to stay in this place. And when you stay in that place, you stay angry, you stay mad. Somebody walks around to you, your face is all frowned and says, why are you upset? I'm not mad. You forgot to tell your brain you're happy. 
Because you're still focusing on what's negative, what's upset, though it's not bothering you currently right now. Your brain is still dwelling on what is negative and upset that you are faced, and your body is still operating as if it's angry and upset. But if you can think about Jesus and all that he can do for you, to know that you serve a mighty God that can break the yokes, that can set you free, who the Son sets free, is free indeed. We got to learn to follow his teaching so we don't get into darkness, get into sin. We want to hold his word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against him. And then when the word expresses to us how we have sinned, let us repent. Let us confess. Let us apologize to someone we may have injured, we may have hurt. And here's a beautiful thing that we sometimes forget about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean I'm letting you go. It means I'm letting go. I'm not going to hold down to what's going to weigh me down or have me frustrated, have me angry, have me upset, holding on to resentment. But I'm going to choose to let it go so that I might be free. Don't let somebody enslave you because you want to stay mad at them. They're living their best life. You walk around all upset and mad. They don't even know what's bothering you because they don't even remember. That's the thing. We hold on to the negative stuff. We forget the positive stuff. Have you ever met a school bully and they don't remember how they bullied you but you remember because you remember all that negative stuff it hurts it goes in deep but when we remember the positive thing think about how we remember our favorite teachers those that help us right the positive stuff they poured into us that last same thing we want to get more positive than negative well I encourage you to spend some more time worshiping him Spend some more times meditating on his word and fill yourself up with joy, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. And they'll remind us we serve a mighty God. Look at how this mighty God is telling us how he's going to come in the future. It says, for a child is born, a son given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. It's pointing out here that this Son is not an ordinary son, but it's coming with power, saying the government will rest on his shoulders, meaning that he has great authority and power upon him. But then look how they will call him wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors. David, for all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord's heaven's armies will will make this happen. First, let me address to us the wonderful counselor, which points out to us that he is superior in wisdom. That he does not need anybody to, to advise him, for he has all the advisement on his own. He does not need somebody to come and give him counsel because he is the counselor. He is the supreme counselor. He is the above counselor. He is the hyper counselor. He's the upper counselor. He is above and beyond what we can ask, think, or even imagine. So everything God does is good because he is good. And we trust him because he is the wonderful counselor, because he is the mighty God. Who is the king of glories? The Lord mighty in battle. When we understand that he is the mighty God, it means that not only does he knows what to do, he has the ability to get it done. 
We've been there before. We know what to do, but we don't know how to get it done. But we got a God that can say, I'm going to show you and help you and lead you so you can get through what you're going through. So when we thank our Lord, our mighty God, who's mighty in battle, who David understood that when he was fighting Goliath, he didn't say, I'm fighting Goliath. He says, the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, I stand and he will deliver you into me. The Lord will give Israel victory. When we understand that we don't have to do it for ourselves, that we got a champion that's fighting on our cause, fighting on our behalf, we can just sit back and be still and know that he is God. Look at the shift here, that he's not only mighty God, but he's eternal father. Oh, I like that part, eternal father. Because Jesus made it very clear that we serve a father. When he gave us the prayer, the model prayer, our father, which if you don't understand, he's letting you know that I am sharing my inheritance with you. He is our father. Y'all don't hear me? Just go to the playground and let kids talk about their mommies and their dads. They will correct somebody when they say, my mama, no, not your mama, but my mama. They will let you know that you don't have possession of her. That's my mama. My mama going to make this for me. My mama going, no, not for you, but my mama. Uh, and think about how kids learn, right? They don't know parents' first name, so they call them mom. And a child be real quick to say, that's not your mom. <laughs> they let you know that, no, you don't have that same relationship that I have. You don't know how, see, when I cry, my mama shows up at the right moment, at the right time. When I'm in need, I can just call my mama. She's going to show up. Can you understand how we got the same kind of connection with our God? All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He will show up at the right time and at the right moment. He's a present help in the time of trouble. Thank God for our eternal Father. And then not only him being the eternal Father, he is the Prince of Peace. Which means that in him, peace is ushered in. That means that he is the one that represents peace and he's presenting peace and he will always give us peace. Notice how his reign will have peace with no end. Because the Lord will what? Reign forever. But now here comes a direct direction about our mighty God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus descended down through the generations. And when you look in the gospel, 42 generations from David. Why is David so important? Because God made a covenant with David that you will always have an heir on the throne. And when we look at currently Ahaz as a bad king on the throne, like he's not the one. And so he's been rejected right now. God's speaker saying, don't worry about him. There's one coming. Aren't you glad there's one coming? And, and for us, he's has already came. But guess what? He's coming back again. And when he comes back again, we're going to understand how this kingdom will have no end. And there'll be forever peace. That's why we can get an excited thing about how troubles don't last always. The Lord will reign forever from the throne today. The rightful king, the anointed king, through justice and righteousness. And the power of the Lord will accomplish this. Notice it says the Lord will. Tell your neighbor the Lord will accomplish this. We think that because of the Lord's mighty power, he has the ability to be our champions. 
Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So when you are feeling times of despair and in the darkness, feeling as things are weighing you down, you don't know how you can get up. I want you to remember that there is a God that is up who's risen from the grave, seated at the right hand of the Father. He is our hope. Knowing that God is mighty to change our situation because he is a mighty God. Knowing the Lord is righteous in his power will encourage you to know that if you are suffering from injustice, justice is on the way. Let me encourage you to understand that God, government will have justice because he knows what just is. We have those who suffer in uh, perversions of justice and suffered injustice and were times that we just want to give up. But don't give up. Don't give in. Have you tried Jesus? Have you depended on him? We need to stay with the Lord and understand that though we're in dark times right now, we serve a mighty God that can turn our darkness into light. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when you think about morning, you think about the rising sun. Y'all see what I did there? Can you think about the rising sun and think about how you have hope and how you have joy for death has been defeated. Oh, sin, where is thy sting? Oh, sin, where is thy victory? But oh, glory be to God that Jesus defeated death and rose again from the grave. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. When we place on our hope on Christ, the solid rock we stand. Our other ground is what? I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but only lean on Jesus' name. When we know that he is our hope, I don't need to walk and keep my head down, but let me look up to the hills. Which cometh my help, and all of my help comes from the Lord. I'm done preaching now. I just want to celebrate for a little moment. Good day now. Say, may the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to tell somebody, I serve a mighty God. Good God from Zion. I'm so glad that you don't have to stay where you are. That God can bring you out. He can pull you out. And he can put you where you need to be. Oh, glory be to God. Just look up and say, Lord, thank you for the sun. Thank you for the skies. Thank you for the clouds. And I know it rains sometimes. But I know that the sun will come out. <laughs> when I know that everything will be all right because God, you hold all things in your hand. I, I don't know what holds tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. He is in control. He is the author and the finisher of my paper. I'm done preaching now, but if you can help me tell your neighbor, my God is a mighty God. So place your faith in him. Be forever encouraged and know. No matter what you're going through, who God can bring you through. Let the knowing that you might be in the storm know you, He can pull you out the storm. And if you're out the storm, be prepared. You're about to go through a storm. But still understand that no matter where you go, as long as you got God, everything is going to be all right. Because in Him we have hope. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for you are our hope. You are our strength. You are our source. Father, we thank you, Lord, no matter what we're going through, no matter how dark it is, how depressed it is, how, how bleak it looks, 
We thank you, Lord. Your word reminds us that you have a hope for us. Lord, that you desire a great future for us. And that you prepared a place for us over in glory. So, Father, let us not lose heart and become weary of well-doing. But no, Lord, you reward your faithful servants. So, Father, we want to faithfully trust you. Faithfully meditate on your word and believe in you, God. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and defeated death and rose from the grave on the third day. And then, Lord, he ascended and seated at the right hand of you in majesty. The Father, we thank you all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord, there might be someone looking for a church home, looking for a place to disciple with the, the saints and break bread with the saints and serve a community together with the saints. Lord, I pray that you'll guide them to a church believing, church preaching, Bible teaching church where they can grow in, in majesty and glow in glory in the divinity of your Holy Spirit, Almighty God. Now, Father, as we continue to worship you, Lord, we pray to give to you our tithes and our offerings. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us and the ability to give. And Lord, bless those who have the desire to give and yet have not. But, Father, we thank you that you supply all our needs. So, Father, we freely give back to you. With all that belongs to you, ask you to bless it, multiply it, and increase it for the building of your kingdom and the work of your ministry. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue on to worship as for the ushers to come forward, that's who today you decided to give your life to Christ or you're looking for a church home. As you come around, we're doing the offer. You're welcome to come around and just talk to one of the deacons or the ministers, and we'll be happy to get your information to follow up with you in discipleship. Amen? Amen. Amen. Those are online, you're able to give online as well, or you can text to give. And uh, do the Zion's app, go to www.zionbcpeoria.com. Thank you. 